Welcome in, welcome all. Happy Friday. This is the first Friday for us because we were not on uh, last week, even though last week was Friday was an eve. So looks like everybody survived it all right. Darren McCarty, four-time Stanley Cup champion here. The Darren McCarty Show joined in all, as always, by my partner in crime, Mr. Shawnee Belegian. Shawnee B, how was your... The clock turning over from 2021 to 2022 in the Belizean household. How was your weekend? And what say you on this fabulous, it's so cold in the D Friday? Well, first thing, uh, happy new year to you, everybody else out there. Um, You know how when you're getting older, the kids fall asleep first on New Year's Eve? Mac, I was out like a light. Like after the Michigan game, I was I was out like a light. I'm I'm guessing it was about eleven fifteen, eleven twenty. So my family took pictures of me asleep on the couch while they did everything uh, to bring in the new year. Uh, but you know, one thing I noticed as I was getting older, and I'm not joking when I say this, and I hope that you don't get ticked at me for saying this. I don't like the winter anymore, man. I don't like it. Like, seriously, Dorch, I don't know about you. It's like it, it used to be my favorite, my absolutely favorite uh, season. I'd get bundled up. I'd go spa- skate at my grandfather's out in um, Stony Point. I'd go in my backyard. I'd make snowmen. Mac, I'm done with it. Like, seriously, I'm I'm done with it. I, I kind of feel like one of those snowbirds, except I have no place to fly. You are stuck in your room. And you know what? I think that has to do with as we get older. Um, I know I didn't enjoy the snow and outdoors as much after I quit drinking. I mean, that was always more fun to (laughs) snow plow and do all the goofy stuff outside. I guess when you're warm on the inside. But, uh, you know, in in all seriousness, um, be safe if you're outside there because these chill, these temperatures – aren't to be messed with, obviously take care of the pets and, and, and things like that. And, and hopefully the weather will get better. But Sean, you brought up where I'm going to start. I'm going to start with my boy, Eric Dorch. <laughs> because you mentioned something. In there. Yeah. You know what? You keep adding them. It's a new <laughs> year, bro. I think you just added more to your name, but it's eventually going to take you a segment just to say my last name. If you keep doing that. <laughs> It's all right. I'll get it there. But anyways, Sean, you mentioned the sedative for that New Year's Eve this year was that Georgia-Michigan game, right? Like how many other people did that kick them right in the plums? Did that take their air out of their sail? You know, and it wasn't more or less. It went down one of the ways that we talked about and it could go down. And, you know, again, uh, leading into Georgia Alabama rematch uh, tomorrow, two and a half point favorite uh, Georgia is. I think it'll be a better game. But Dorch, did that have a detriment the Michigan game to your enjoyment with Mrs. Dorch? Uh, I, I, I unfortunately, as I said when we taped a couple weeks ago, I, I unfortunately was in the studio here for the game, so I had to watch it on the screen here all by myself and. Yeah, it was definitely a less fun New Year than I would have liked. But like we said, it was one of the options that could have happened. Georgia had a perfect game plan. They executed. And, 
you know, I it, it was still a great year. It's not how I wanted the year to finish. I was telling my buddies that yesterday. You, you, it feels a little incomplete, but it was still a great year. But, yeah, it was not the way I wanted to ring in the new year for sure. All right, so give me a out of ten. You know, what, oh, what, right. what eight, what eight you... and a half. They, they, they checked okay. off the Ohio State box. They checked off the Big Ten box. Uh, that's something that Harbaugh hasn't been able to do since he got there. So it, those are great. It still has that. It, it still has that feeling of incomplete. It, it's like when your team gets to the, like, you know, like the like the title game, and they just it, it, it feels great to see them get there, but you still wish they could have gone all the way. So eight out of eight, eight Mac, out of ten. Mac, I tweeted it out that night, Eric. To 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 your point, I kept having flashbacks to when Michigan State was there mm-hmm. six years before. And and I, I tweeted this out in 2016 or 2015, and I tweeted it out in 2021. Eric, I'm serious. There are 121 teams that wanted to be where Michigan was at. There were 13 teams in the Big Ten that wanted to be where Michigan is at. You got mm-hmm. nothing to hang your head for. Well, I have nothing a bu- to hang your head about. I have a buddy I, I who's a state that. fan, and he yeah he even texted me right after the game. He goes, I know exactly what you're, how you're feeling right now. And he's not a U of M fan. He always kind of gives me the rag, but he said, I know exactly how you're feeling. And believe me, there's a million other teams that would have rather had that loss than the loss they're going to get at a certain bowl game because they, they got to a point. All right, boys. Elephant in the room, right? I mean, you know that the difference between this year, obviously the success that Jim Harbaugh had coming out, doing things that he hadn't done and with, this, with this team and this University of Michigan program in the past. Sean Belegian, as you sit here today on this Friday, is Jim Harbaugh your University of Michigan head coach football next season? Boy, I where, don't know. Where where are you at right now? Because I think last week, and, and I, I'm gonna ask you, but you and I, you and I usually on these things hover in the same ballpark, right? Where last week it'd be, I don't see it, I don't know this and that. But after what had happened, I think there's more than a fifty percent possibility that. He could leave, and there is a couple of options in, in my mind because I'm looking at it like this. Is this the ceiling for Michigan? Like you said, because of the rest of these teams, the, the Alabamas, the Georgias, whatever it is, that this is sort of the ceiling of where you can get to until making that ultimate next step. But I don't know if you're built that way so in saying that this Jim Harbaugh who's been known to cut his losses and move on does he move on to a Chicago does he move on to somewhere else I pose that question that's the big one is Chicago I mean that that's what that's what keeps popping up Mac I agree with you and I think it goes beyond it it's like okay is Michigan going to open the door for the the NIL is Michigan going to do a bunch of things that they, you know, that that is quote unquote not Michigan, uh, that that are just part and parcel with college football today? And, and Mac, you hit the nail on top of the head. I'm leaning NFL. I'm not all the way there at all. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh yeah, for sure he's going to go. But boy, where there's smoke, there's fire, uh, and and there's a heck of a lot of smoke right now. You know, we've heard from so many people. The one person that we haven't heard from is Jim Harbaugh. And and Jim Harbaugh could make this go away quick, fast, in a hurry. And maybe because we haven't heard from Jim Harbaugh, there are some things being worked on behind the scenes. I don't know. That is pure speculation on my on my mind. But 
I, I think you're barking up the right tree, Mac. Is 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 this as good as it's going to get? That's a great question to ask. Well, I think you brought up so many different points, Sean, that have to, to be looked at. Is like, does Harbaugh, is this something that Ward Manuel and, and the program is sort of saying, okay, Jim, we know how valuable you are because I, I look at all these contracts, college contracts. It's, where's Harbaugh's now? That Tucker's was done, that all these other ones are done. Where's the money? And it's not there right yet. So to me, does that mean there's a flag because there's some indecision there? Whether it, and it's not to me it, last year at this time, it was indecision by the university. This year, it's the coach who's put himself in the position to make his own decisions, and it'll be interesting. I think it comes down to is does, does Jim Harbaugh covet what John Harbaugh has and he doesn't? And that's a Super Bowl championship. So, um, just something a little food for thought. Uh, we'll find out either way here, hopefully. In the next uh, week or so, uh, one of the other things I wanted to touch on and get Sean's opinion on is uh, this Antonio Brown, uh, Tampa Bucks. what's going on? Uh, I mean, Eric Dorch is always down uh, with the TMZ, so we'll find out here. Thanks for sticking around, Darren McCarty's show on a Friday night, AM 760, WJR. Oh, it may be cool, 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 cool outside, but it is just up in their uh in their writing out the date yet put in 2021 i have not yet? no i have not well, i mean you, you, you just bling bling in that crop cryptocurrency so i mean you know <laughs> like that, even in your world dorchy right now checks there to pay the bills you been, did you mess any of them up after after uh rip, rip up some of those checks in 2021 you've met my wife do you think she trusts me with any amount of finance in our home seriously Absolute, not even a little bit Anyways, the one thing that uh, whew, I do trust is that as the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers get ready to enter into this last week and defend their Super Bowl championship moving into the playoffs. Wow. What did we see there last week with Antonio Brown, Sean? And what, what have we heard? And I think the biggest thing I want to take from this is let's get a little behind the scenes. A little behind the scenes. As far as communication or miscommunication or when a coach flat out says stuff or this, because the biggest thing to this is that there's text messages, there's he said, she said, now we see there's a girl, this, that. Anyways, bottom line, not championship um, operation under Tom Brady's watch, in my opinion, but this just gets bigger and bigger. And at the end of the day, what a, there's, I always have a problem when things from the dressing room leak out into the media, but it's played out and it's, and it's me against you, player against coach, this, that, whatever, because it never ends right. What was your no. first impression when you saw Antonio Brown running off naked, half naked? I laughed like everybody else. I mean, it, it, it really was one of those things like, am, am I really watching this? And then you start to think to yourself, okay, this is somebody that may have some problems that we're, we're unaware of. And then I went past that and I said, no, this might just be Antonio Brown. 
Because what I saw this week, everything that's come out this week is Antonio Brown is a walking contradiction. He really is. What he said happened and what he showed in his text, they didn't exactly mesh up. And how he's talked about Tom Brady and then how he talked about Tom Brady just like literally a a couple hours ago are two different, entirely different things. And the one thing that I get from it, Mac, and, and, you know, this is one thing in hockey, you don't see a whole heck of a lot of, of, of this. Okay. This is somebody, Antonio Brown, when something goes wrong, that points the finger in 10,000 different directions. And, and it doesn't matter who he throws under the bus. It doesn't matter how badly he contradicts himself. He knows that there are going to be people out there that, that get his back. And, and I mean, just today, I mean, just what happened a couple hours ago for people that, that, that didn't hear about this to me, a friend is someone who's got your back. Not everybody in sports is going to be your friend. Tom Brady's my friend. Why? Because I'm a good football player. He needs me to play football. People have different meanings of what friendship is. Well, well, hold on. That's a direct contradiction to everything that you said about him, including in the past week. So to me, okay, once or twice, maybe there's a pattern with this guy. Everything is always somebody else's fault. And I, I think he needs to take a good look in the mirror personally. Well, it's, it's sort of when things go south, then he tries to turn the biggest lights on and, and make it all public when it, when it can't be. And I think it's the, the both sides of his mouth. You know, I like the fact, you know, like when it, it starts coming out where it's okay, they're going to give Antonio Brown to explain his side or whatever else. But to your point, Sean, when you're reading, when you're seeing it, he jumps back and forth here, there to whatever fits his narrative all the time. At the end of the day, you can see why all along, if you go and, and, and I would expect that if I asked Bruce Arians and he trusted me and we were boys, that this is what he wanted to get rid of at the end of the year, at the whatever else, that, that this is something that it only brews. And I think here's the problem. The problem in sports is where the money comes in. Follow the money. When the winning supersedes the health and wellness to whatever it else, and, it, and then it becomes agenda. Everybody's own agenda. Usually the team's agenda is to win at all costs, no matter what it takes. Athletes' perspective is to persevere their career, no matter what. My question is, do we ever see Antonio Brown play again? No. Nope. I, I think this is, I think I mean, this is one bridge too many. So it's right, Sean, because this is what is the one thing that we know in sports and we can and you and I can talk more more on to the fabric of hockey. Why doesn't this happen in the hockey? Because there's a bench and there's a locker room behind it and guys will get dragged off the bench before anything will be made public. Now you might notice, hey, so and so is not on the bench anymore. But well, yeah, because he's getting dealt with in the locker room or stuff like this. It doesn't come out. When it does come out, that's usually when you have a situation like we experienced this year in Buffalo with their captain, Jack Eichel, talking about the next surgery, what's best for him, this, that. That's where it leads to, right? It leads to there on a team that doesn't win with their best player talking about health and wellness, what's the best thing to do? A lot of times, and this is where the big thing is, Sean, nowadays in sports, 
who has your best interest at heart, right? You know, which, which, because it's at the end of the day, it's a, and we're talking NFL here, multi-billion dollar business at the end of the day, what's the most availability is the biggest thing in the NFL. So it'll be interesting. Now, before I, um, the one last thing I want to ask about this is can Tampa Bay with the experience, the championship, what they went through, whatever, can they survive this? Do you expect this to bring them down because of all the other injuries? Is this going to, or will, will this Tampa Bay team be able to get above this? I, I think it, because of a combination of things, in, including, you know, losing, it's still a darn good wide receiver. I don't like their chances at all. And I hate myself for saying that because Tom Brady still has air in his lungs. You know what I mean? There, there are two guys, as long as they're on the football field, I'm going to be terrified of them. And that's Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And every time you count either one of them out, you're, you're making a critical mistake. But, boy, I just think there's too much for Tampa. I really do. I think there's too much for Tampa this year. No, I absolutely do, too. But, again, to your point, if anybody can pull anything out through this, it's TB12. You mentioned the other number 12 that you do not bet your money against coming to town this week against uh, the Lions, whether he's going to play or not. You know, the line, the Lions uh, plus three and a half. Um, you know, an interesting point, Sean, I want to bring to you is that David Battieri, um, they're all pro uh, up front, left tackle, I believe it is, or right tackle, um, hasn't played. All year, so there was some sort of things about giving Rodgers and and Devontae Adams and the A team some snaps just to get into the flow because this game doesn't mean anything uh, to the Packers. But moving forward, do you think that we see Rodgers play a few series uh, on Sunday? And and what do you think, or what do you expect? What as Lions fans should we go into this week's game? And when we come out of it. You know, how, how should we feel about this season? Because I don't think it's about the win or the loss. Well, you know what? It, it While we, we know that Aaron Rodgers is going to play, the, the question is, um, how much is he going to play? You know, that that's the, that's the biggest question to me. Um, that answer, I don't know. I, I just don't think he's going to need to play a lot. And, and quite frankly, Mac, if it were me, I would absolutely positively err on the side of caution and say, uh, AR, get a couple reps in. Can can Mr. Rogers, could you please stop after a couple series? I mean, that would kind of be my take on it. But, um, you know, Darren, honestly, this Lions season, it's, it's been such a weird season. I, I'm not going to call it a success, but no human being out there can't tell me that things haven't changed. It hasn't manifested itself in the wins and losses yet. But things have changed, and this goes back to something that you preach time and time again. Change the culture. If you want to get someplace, you've got to work on the culture. And I think this staff has done a good job with the culture. No, I, I think it absolutely has, and we've seen – you've seen the growth, right? You look at the, the, the first – not even half, the first two-thirds of the season – we were shaking our head. Like, what do we get ourselves into? Yep. Are we going to get out of this? And then the Arizona game happened, right? The Arizona game happened, and I think we saw something where it was one of these things that they didn't care 
at the end of the day, how it would end out. They were gonna go. They were gonna go for it. They had a game plan and they executed it. And that win to me proves something to themselves that will carry. Now, yeah, we sat here and we talked about dude. Does it carry? Season wins carry over end of the year to next year. Technically, no. But when you're building a culture, you're looking for anything, anything to build on, right? It's always the little things. So the little things from from Penesol finishing off the season, you know, from the, the offensive line, for some of these young uh, linebackers, for young defensive tackles, all these guys that we've seen something different where Brad Holmes has drafted them, and these guys have played. They have stats. There is something that's being built towards. So um, in, say, in saying that, you, know, you, you never know. I mean, this is one of these things that I'm happy that the last game of the year is at Ford Field against the Green Bay Packers. It's sort of like apropos if you follow Woodward Sports Network and I have this clock and it's 34 game clock that I point to. Now we're going to end up halfway after this, after this game, halfway through, right? We're halfway through the 34 games with the first season. And I can honestly say that my attitude, right, at the end of the 17 games compared to probably even around 10, 11, 12 has changed a lot. Yep. Has changed a lot. So well we got stated. that going for us. Um, go Lions. Uh, we'll get ready. Uh, it'll be nice to see Jared Goff get out there and play. Hopefully, I'm on, uh, Ross St. Brown can continue uh, showing, you know, that he's special. I don't care what it is. He's special. He's something. And, and that's something that uh, as Lions fans, uh, for everybody going down there to cheer him on, you know, enjoy their, enjoy your Sunday. So um, a couple other things going on this weekend. We got to talk NHL. Um, some teams playing, some teams not. The Wings got postponed again. This and that playing a doubleheader out west. Uh, this and that. But let's, we're going to talk Wings when we come back here. So thanks for joining us here Friday night, AM 760 at WJR. McCarty forced a show shout out to Detroit Tigers catcher Eric Haas and his wife Maria on the addition uh, to their new child uh, to the family. So congratulations. We got another Tiger. Way to go. Um, local boy, Divine Child, done good. Always, always love cheering for, you know, the local guys. Uh, that, that always means something. I know it, it's, it means something to me to have been one of those kids that grew up in the area and to be able to live out my dream playing for the hometown team. So shout out to uh, E. Haas. And uh, uh, we were talking about it during the break, Shotty, because you saw the picture too. That's a happy family. So, oh, it's great. Love, um, love to see that. That's what it's all about. Hey, I got to keep this positive train rolling here on a Friday night, Darren McCarty show. You know what that means. Yes, it is time for my guy, Mr. Positive, Greg from Shelby. How you doing, bud? Greg, you there, bud? Mm. All right, I think we got Greg. Hello, Greg. Hello, Greg. Right, so, we'll Greg, Greg, you there? Anyways, we'll, we'll let we'll, Dorchy's working hard on it. He's got eight phones in his ear right now. Who knows what's going on? But, uh, um, what do you got, Dorch? Got him? There we go. Greg from Shelby, you there, bud? No. Ow. All right, oh, Dorch. that's unfortunate. I just want to make sure the guy's all right. The last time we talked to our boy, Mac, 
he was uh he I, I know he was uh in the hospital, so I, I hope he's okay and hopefully we'll be able to touch in with him. Can you no, hear me? I, it, yeah, we got him. Oh, there, there he is. Go. What's up? Warriors. Yeah. Everything matters. Even if you don't win, you learn more from failure than just giving in. Hit me. Yes, I'm Booyah. doing much better, you guys. Love you. Hey. Sound better. Thank you. Yes, I'm upbeat and positive. Um, DMAC, I'm looking forward to your gummies. I knew you were with my buddy Jerry today at the, you know where, the greenhouse. I love you. I can't wait for your gummies to come out. And I think everybody should know, and I'm going to share the heck out of it. And you guys were spot on about uh, Antonio Brown. You both made very sagacious remarks concerning him. And real quick on the Lions, I think Dan Campbell has won the Lions over. I love the way the Red Wings are playing. Oh, my God, do I love Bertuzzi and Larkin and the All-Star crew. Oh, my God, I could watch them all the time. Oh, my God, that makes me so happy to hear you positive, full of excitement. Uh, The Motor City Dan Campbell has that team bought in. I think, Greg, we can all agree to that, that this team plays hard. Now we can work. We got to work on adding more talent. I think that the fact that we all can go into this week and know at the worst case scenario, we're going to be picking number two. Those are all positives. You mentioned let's go move down to the, what the Detroit Red Wings are doing. And, you know, it's been a little bit of a uh, – during the holiday season, that's hockey season, right? Hi, Sean, how many times was must the, the Red Wings game, New Year's Eve, the must-see game, everybody go out. I know that there was a picture posted on New Year's Eve. Uh, Danny Probert posted it from 28 years ago. My first year with uh, her and Proby, um, I remember that. That's one of the few things I remember. I remember that New Year's Eve party. So that was always good. So the wing's getting back and stuff like this. But Greg brings up a great point. Um, We're moving along. This needle is moving along in all these teams. You know, we've been talking. It's it's nice to consistently move into January and – you know, we're going to talk about the inconsistencies of this Detroit Red Wing team because of their youth. Um, I'm going to sit here every week on Friday and say, Sean, are they a playoff team today? And you're going no. to tell me on this uh, January uh, 7th that they are what? No. They're not. And I'm going to agree with that because they're too inconsistent. Yep. But we can both, I'm sure, agree that that can change like that if they bring some consistency because – Here's the one thing, guys, right? Do you see – I mentioned it earlier with Michigan. Has the University of Michigan football team – have they reached their ceiling in saying that they were one of the four teams of 112 in the nation trying to get to that college football? At the end of the day, really, the, the hierarchies, the Alabamas and Georgias, well, unfortunately, they are head and shoulders right now above us with the wings there isn't that ceiling because you keep seeing different guys you keep seeing guys come in i always like to see i mean what what am i going to get off pumped up about right what am i going to say what a freaking joke this league is did you see my boy giovanni smith get kicked out for for backing in like literally i if if there was a reverse 
beeper on my guy when he took, he backed in, Sean, have you ever seen a boarding penalty on a side backup hit? And and for everybody who's listening out there doesn't know, Giovanni Smith got kicked out five minutes for fighting the other night in the win against San Jose for for what could have been the worst boarding penalty that I've ever seen in my life. Um, and that bothers me, Sean, because that's my guy out there trying to 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 bring a difference, to do everything. He's smart. And and when you look at the way that he went in to hit that guy, even from reverse, I, I can't I, – I'm not even doing a great job explaining how bad it was, but it's pretty much like if I – if you were standing against the boards and I backed into you and then not full speed, but backed into you and hit hit the side of you, not hit you from behind – sort of hit you from the front side because I backed into you that it was hitting from behind. I've never seen anything like it. But that was an appropriate way to explain it. It, it, it was, uh, huh? It, it's just one of those humble. I mean, moments. Sean, to, to me, it wasn't a two-minute penalty. No, no. I, and how many times, and I think it's, when what, what makes me so upset is not that it just happens to my guy, Giovanni Smith, um, it's it's the fact of the inconsistency of of what do we see beginning of the season Matthew Joseph and and Dylan Larkin where he pretty much almost decapitated him from a hit from behind that was a hit from behind no suspension it's the inconsistency so shout out to my boy Giovanni Smith you can't get frustrated and I'm sure that's what was being said in the locker room um, you know it, it's funny Sean because I wasn't watching the game live. I, I was doing something else, flip it on, but my Twitter went off because uh, I love my Twitter peeps and they wanted to know, did I see it? What did I think of it? And by the time I went back and watched it, I mean, I, I really couldn't say anything because I was just like, what, what, what do you want old guy to do? You know, what do you want old guy? I'm not going to sit here and crotchety, this ain't my game, but come on, man. I mean, it's just it, that, that, that stuff is what's going to get old guy like me bent out of shape well so, it's frustrating it, it's well it's, it, it's mac you know what i i the godfather chris chelios i i can't tell you how many times i heard him say this to me whether it be in person or on air whatever it, it the one thing that guys are looking for that darren mccarty chris chelios guys who play in the league are looking for is consistency that's i mean that's it, it if if you're gonna if you're gonna call it this way okay now i know i know where the line is when, when you don't know where the line is, when it's constantly getting moved, that's when it becomes a problem. And that's when referees lose games. I mean, and, and we see it all the time. You know, a lot of times when shenanigans start and there's a parade to the penalty box, uh, to me, it's you point the finger at the official. You let this get away. This is on you. And how many times, Sean, have you seen, because you could say the game's changed and whatever else, and we're going to say, okay, the most violent you know, like the 80s, late 80s, early 90s hockey, stuff like this. But you knew, not only as a fan, as a player, right? I knew first shift. Shelly two-handed me, and the ref didn't call it. Well, guess what? We're going to be chopping each other all game. And yep. and and you know what? I better get to him first because he's going to – it's not me. It's me I want him chopping. I want him worried about me, not chopping Sturgy and Stevie, which would make Chelly so good. But when Chelly knew that they buttoned it up and you had to wear your best, 
you know, your best tie, your best suit, your best whatever, because guys like uh, McCreary, the guys, you know, guys that we're going to deal with the BS, we're going to call it. You would see those in the biggest, one of the biggest, most violent games that you used to watch back in the day, right? Quebec City, the Nordiques, the Montreal Canadiens, but there was some sort of, of semblance to the way that the game was officiated, right? You dummies go out there, beat the crap out of each other and take it out on each other. And then you guys do the skill stuff and then you keep it separated and we'll put all you guys in the pelly box and all you guys can play and everybody's happy, right? That's what we've lost, what you've lost. And to, to that point, I'm going to leave it at this because our boy Wes McCauley, had one of the greatest calls for all. Did you see this? It was unbelievable. I'm going to send this to break. Shout out to Wes McCauley. And, you don't, and I wish they would do this a lot more. So if you're in your car, I'm going to lead you to break. Wes McCauley called Giovanni Smith and uh, whoever he fought the other night. Detroit 48, five minutes for fighting. Uh, 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 San Jose, five minutes. For, and then he goes, get ball. Puts the Dukes up, fight it. Yeah, and moves on. So that's the way. That's the understanding and and stuff as players, consistency or whatever that we like. And that's the fun of the game. So great job by Giovanni Smith. I think you got snookered. I think it was a great win by the Detroit Red Wings um, after, you know, the, the it's always disappointing to lose New Year's Eve, especially to a team like Washington, but to be able to come back. So um, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here, and you know what time it is. Uh, 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 my favorite part of Friday. What's on the grill? What's in the microwave? When we come back. Darren Picard, show him 760 WJR. Thank you, there WJR Land, for joining us for this hour, power pack talking sports, talking life, talking everything here. Um, Sean and I were bringing up, uh, we, were, we were talking about the, the hockey game the other night, and he mentioned uh, a guy that, you know, as sports evolves, right, whereas the game changes, and I mentioned, well, it ain't my game, you know, like the physicality of the game, it's the new speed and the sizes now speed and stuff like this. But there's certain guys that you expected to evolve into this NHL game that just haven't. And Eric Carlson, oh. the defenseman who one of the, one of the big max contract guys, what, four or five years ago. And for you, Sean, to come out and just say from this guy, five years ago, being a world beater to it's, it's like he doesn't, he's a pylon out there. He, it, it, it like, honestly, I'm not being funny. It, it It's the corpse of Eric Carlson. He was as exciting as anybody. Like honestly, he was such an exciting defenseman, and uh, you nailed it. In this new NHL, I assumed that you know his his skill set would would only get better. You know, and now a lot of it has to do with you know how healthy has he been. I I I, I don't know the answer to that. He's he's had some. Uh, you know, heel problems. He's had some groin problems. Uh, it, it's kind of been a slew of things the last couple of years, but it, it is amazing how in the course of five years, this can go from one of the most exciting guys 
in in the league. I, I mean that, and and I'm glad that you agree. To uh, Mac, I don't even want to say he's a guy out there. He's 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 a detriment out there. There's well, I mean, he was awful the other night. What awful. you're what you're seeing is how a contract can absolutely hinder an organization because they have no no choice. What are they going to do? Buy him out, right? You know, so you're you're stuck with the end of that sort of contract. It it got me thinking, Sean, because you know what? There's a guy that you thought would prosper that hasn't and obviously injuries and stuff. And then you turn to a guy who you, who you look and go, this guy's still playing, just played his 1700th game, moved into number six all time in career games. That's Jumbo Joe Thornton, right? Just played his 1700th game, which the evolution of the game, you would think would leave him behind yet he's figured it out. And there's there's something to the fact to not only play that many games, right? But to, so to be able to put yourself in that great a shape and and to keep doing it year in and year out and whatever else. Joe Thornton was drafted in 97, wasn't he? Wasn't it something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think it was 97. Like it, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been collecting his captain stick for a long time from back in the Boston days. I mean, it's just, it's, it. I guess it just goes to show you that uh, the will of of each person. To me, I, I wish Eric Carlson would be healthy just so that he could come back. But again, that could be one of the biggest when you're looking through the NHL of moves not to make or be grateful that your organization didn't make. I would and to sit here five years ago to say five years later we'd be sitting here having this conversation, not a chance. No, same here. More importantly, I know it's cold, and I know I, I know it's a new year, Sean. But oh my gosh, what 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 is on the queue this week now? Because it's so cold, do you go smoking? Do you go? How do we how do we attack the first weekend? You have to strategically place your your smoker just outside the door. Uh, so what I mean by that is when I know that I'm going to cook something, I bring it inside to warm up, right? Ooh. And it's it's not an easy process. Thank God my son's home because he can help me do it. Attaboy, I Jack! It, I bring it inside, and when it's time to fire it up, that's when I take it back upside so it'll turn right on. And uh, you just – you know what you do? Um, like, I'll, I'll let the cat out of the bag now. I'm doing some uh, – wow. Uh, some maple brown sugar ribs, right? And normally it takes about three hours and 45 minutes. It's probably going to take 445 to five. You just, you, you just, you have to count on that. It's going to affect now tomorrow's supposed to be a little bit warmer, but, but you better add an hour to it. Cause it's just, you're not going to get a real consistent uh, heat on there. You're just not. So Sean, would you say that that's probably just, one of your Sean Belige and barbecue tips, especially in cold weather, stuff like this, is, is just having the little subtleties like that because you want to keep that heat as constant as you can. You won't be able to because of the elements and stuff. So it's just it's just what do you what do you say? When you take your time and you don't because what do you always say? Don't mess with the product. Yep. Right? Leave it alone. Leave it alone. So the fact that you put in that extra hour and and Say it is a little bit nicer 
than you thought, it's not going to affect it. In no, the, in the no, least, no, right? no, 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 no. Well, you've been over. Dorch hasn't been over. He he never will be. It's not over, allowed. You you you've been over, and it, it's like like honestly, it's it's walk out the back door. Just open up the back door. Uh, lift that thing outside. Get it going. You don't ever run your smoker in the house. Don't don't be an idiot like that. You, you just put it right outside the door. Um, and, and you'll be fine. It's, it's just going to take a little longer, but it's low and slow and leave it alone. I mean, really, that, that's what it comes to. And as you heard here, the setup, that's all it's called the setup. Now, speaking of the setup part two, Dorothy in the microwave, did you, did you get, what you, what you got going on? Did you go with some uh, frozen meals? Did you go for some prepackaging? No, no. Mama said you had a salad. What are uh, we doing? New year, and I, you know, for those you don't know, this is not a physical specimen yet, but it will be by the end of the year. Going to start eating a little healthier. The wife made some chicken. I've got some rice. I've got a Caesar salad. So, going to eat a little healthier this weekend. Start, uh, start getting back into playing shape. That a boy, George. Yeah. Oh, that like, a boy. You, you know why that is, Sean? Because the golf season's just around the corner, and he knows that he's going to have to put the money where the mouth is this year. Not oh too yeah! Scared. Oh yeah! Poor Dorchy, Dorchy, you've lived there like literally for the last week. You basically lived in the Fisher Building, and right? I, I will be doing it for yeah. My next my next day off is next Friday, so I got a I got seven in a row left to go. You're not taking next Friday off. You're you're in with oh, us. Oh, I'll be sitting on my couch uh, with a with a screen. We're, uh, a little news for you guys. Brandon Blake will be back next Friday to run the show for us. We're going to get a little oh. guest appearance by Brandon Blake. Wait a sec. Hold on. <laughs> oh. Nobody told me we got a budget approved for that. Uh, I pulled some strings for you guys. <laughs> Brandon Blake back in the building. Wow. Does Uncle Mitch know? Does Uncle Mitch I know? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, maybe. He's Heck, what do you got going on this weekend? Actually, I'll be in Hastings tomorrow uh, for a signing. Uh, Hastings, Michigan, out there in Lansing tomorrow. I think at, at noon. Um, uh, I am uh, the closing on the house on Monday, so everything's being uh, moved out and doing all that fine stuff. So good for you, dude. Yeah. Other other than that, just taking it uh, taking it pretty easy. Gonna hopefully cheer on the. These Red Wings. Oh, uh, quick thought. Um, Michigan, Michigan State basketball uh, coming up this weekend. Is there? Can we read anything into this, Sean? You're, Michigan's going to give them their great punch. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, obviously not living up to expectations. They're better than they've played. I, I think you heard Tom Izzo say it. They're going to be prepared tomorrow. No, and I think that's the one thing, and uh, hopefully it's for – Whatever it is, whether you're watching, you know, NFL's got a big week, uh, obviously college football finals, whatever it is, whatever you like to enjoy, we'll be here next week, 7 o'clock, Friday night, Darren McCarty Show. Thanks for joining us, Sean Belizean, Eric Dorch, I'm D-Mac, I'll see ya.